This episode is brought to you by the new D9 Business Directory. Shop Greek-owned brands from a variety of categories. And if you are Greek, author, or business owner, add your profile today at d9business.com. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly Speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric, and joining me for this episode is Jason Douglas of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Jason was initiated in the Beta Upsilon chapter of Phi Beta Sigma in 2015. He's the chief strategist and lead consultant at Jason Douglas Consulting. He's also a product of Bethune-Cookman University, the University of Central Florida, where he received his master's degree, as well as Cornell University's diversity and inclusion program. Please welcome Jason to Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I can't complain. It's a really awesome opportunity to be before you all today and have this conversation. Hey, that's, that's great, man. Um, I appreciate you taking uh, some time out your schedule. I can tell you're a busy guy. <laughs> you got a lot of things going on, man. And, and I noticed you out on social media and I had a chance to take a peek at your, at your brand and see um, what your company is, is, is about. And I, I said, I had to reach out to this young brother and, 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 and let's see if we can get to know him and, and talk about his Greek background and uh, what inspired him not only to go Greek, but also to launch his consulting company. So first of all, man, where are you from originally? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I'm from the greater Baltimore area. Uh, I love my hometown, uh, you know, from the west side of Baltimore. But something that I really tell my people is that never forget where you came from. So everything that I do goes back to my upbringing, my hometown. Uh, I'm the proud product of two immigrant parents. So as a first generation American, I have a lot of pride in where I'm where where my culture is based out of and where I'm from. Oh, that's awesome, man. So you got twofold pride from your roots and from where you currently planted, man. Um, that's a beautiful thing. So you, that brings a couple of different dynamics to the perspective too, especially when you look at what's going on nowadays, man. Um, so did you have any Greek influences in your life? So as a first generation American, not really, um, you know, so I grew up watching uh, Drumline and Stump the Yard and all those kinds of things. I got to see some really cool pieces of that. But really where I saw Greekdom um, was growing up in that Baltimore area, being able to take those field trips down to Washington, D.C., and to see the Black activism that was happening in that area oftentimes was led by Black people and Black people wearing certain colors. Um, and as you see Black people in, wearing certain colors, congregated in masses, um, practicing their social activism, uh, that was where I was like, hmm, what is that? And then when you continuously see that in Black Enterprise Magazine and Jet Magazine and so forth, you're like, okay, there's something here. And I think that that was my inspiration or that was like that culminating moment or experience for me to figure out, hmm, this is something I need to get involved in because I want to be just like these people. Oh, wow. Okay. So sounds like you saw the work being put in and it, it, it kind of already conformed to things that attracted you as far as activism in the community. So what, what attracted you in particular to Phi Beta Sigma? 
Yeah. So, you know, back to the same conversation, you know, seeing a lot of blue and white and seeing that camaraderie. Like I said, my roots is who I am. And both of my parents are West Indian. So seeing a lot of that culture and family, to me, there was no other option than Phi Beta Sigma because you have that constitutionally binding relationship with Phi Beta Sigma and Zeta Phi Beta. Um, And seeing that, I said, you know, what better opportunity is there? Not only are you getting a brotherhood, but you're getting a sisterhood as well. And people who are life, who are there with you lifelong. Um, So when I went to Bethune-Cookman University, I had some really great mentors um, and really great friends. And those people just incrementally all throughout our journey, our collegiate experience, they all ended up going Phi Beta Sigma or Zeta Phi Beta. And so it was really cool to kind of see, like, we didn't have these conversations about, oh, what fraternity or sorority you want to be a part of? Um, it just happened and it manifested itself naturally. And looking back at it, I say, you know, I see where that looked like in each and every one of us. We modeled the epitome of those organizations um, and we were mentored by these people. We were groomed by these people. So that was really cool to see that. And also the president of the university at the time uh, is a member of Phi Beta Sigma. Um, so, and, and a notable member. So that was really great to see that. And I mean, it was the only option for me. <laughs> wow, man, that sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> the only option for me. I, I love it. So so how many people um, were initiated with you? So did you um, cross at uh, Bethune-Cookman? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. I went over at Bethune-Cookman University. Um, you know, with me and my line, there are 13 of us, an amazing group uh, of men who we didn't know each other. You know what I mean? Uh, we go to this interest meeting. And we're like, hey, you know, we all are interested in this organization. And we figure out, okay, of this group of let's say 60 or 65 people in the room, a select few of us are gonna make the cut. And to be able to say that, you know, of all across, I know of some of you, um, some of you know of me, but we never really had a formal relationship. And to say that, you know, just six years ago of meeting these guys who I'd never met a day in my life or never really had conversations with. And to now say that these are my brothers, these are people that I know are going to be my wedding. These are people I know that are going to be by my side, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Um, and we have a phenomenal relationship amongst us. That's cool. Okay. Two, two questions. Yeah. What was the name of the line? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're the Blue Maniacs. So my mind okay. maniacs, uh, that's who we are, you know, <laughs> and that just goes into telling you kind of what, what you're getting on that line. So all right, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to go into that. And so what was, what was your line name? Blue Legend, you know, okay. um, call me Blue Legend because I'm just legendary. You know, I was SGA president when I was at Bethune-Cookman University. I was freshman class president. I studied abroad my senior year. Um, I also um, became initiated into Phi Beta Sigma my senior year. Um, so I, my thing was when I was there is about not only how am I going to come into this place and learn from this place, but how am I going to be able to transform the space that I'm in and what is the legacy that I'm going to leave behind? Um, and that was a big part of who I am and, and what I wanted to do while I was in my collegiate experience. And I hope that I left a legacy there. So my line name is Blue Legend. I love this, man. I, final question, and 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 these are critical, man, because our, our our audience really wants to know what was your line number? Five. You know, I'm a five, okay. and um, I take great pride in that. 
You know, they call me the live five because I'm the liveness of my line. You know, I'm sure that some of my, I'm sure that some of my line brothers will probably debate me on that, but they already know. Um, but you know, I'm the one that keeps everybody together. I'm the one that likes to show out. I'm gonna, you know, turn us up when we need to be turned up, and you know, turn us down when we need to be turned down. So, and the reason I ask because you, you remind me of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm old school. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, according to me, fall 86, mm-hmm. um, I'm in an interest meeting with uh, people I really did not know that personally, with the exception of one. It was eight of us. I was sophomore president. I had a we were bonded by a common cause. Right. And it was a journey. It was a it was a thrill getting to know each other. Right. And it, it was about, you know, the work the frat was putting in. It was about what you saw and it was about what you can contribute so it's, it's so refreshing to see your generation still experiencing those same thrills, those same callings, if you will, as far as why you join an organization. And, and speaking of that, that, that kind of gets us to the next question. Um, if you were to meet someone who's considering going Greek, uh, whether it's fraternity or sorority, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's a really great question. I'll give them a couple pieces, actually. Um, So I went to HBC, and I think the common thing that we say is that do your research, right? Um, But really and truly do the research, because you want to join an organization that speaks to who you are and in your morals and values. I'll say out of the the Divine Nine, out of the MPHC Council, um, truly, you can't go wrong, but you want to make a really good decision. Um, Lawrence Ross has a really good book out there called The Divine Nine. It's something that helped me along my journey get to know a little bit more about not only Phi Beta Sigma, but the other organizations as well, and how we all come to support each other. Um, You know, I think that that has helped me. Also being able to find mentors um, that are members of the organization in which you're interested in. There's some really great role models out there figuring out how are they living up to the expectations and the values of these organizations because we're all values-based organizations that are providing a betterment for our community. Um, And how are we being action-oriented and community conscious and figuring out how you can then support that motto for yourself as well. So I think figuring out what are you looking forward to in your brotherhood or your sisterhood and then thinking about how you then also can add and be a contributing member to that organization. Well stated, man. That's some good advice to follow. And, and I love that you actually cited a source for your research, right? And and that kind of takes us to your consulting company. I want you to tell us a little bit about your your brand and, and what inspired you to start it. Absolutely. So Jason Douglas Consulting is an innovative educational leadership and business consulting firm. And really what our goal is to do is to help educators grow and organizations lead for equity. And how do we do that? It's that when we think about the opportunities for people to rise up above different circumstances, uh, we see that a lot of times we have these visions. Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Or I want to open my own business. You are your only impediment you are the only thing stopping you from making that thing happen. If you want to offer a product or service, or if you want to open your own company to help others, let's do that. Um, And I want to be able to help people achieve those dreams. I grew up with a lot of people that said, oh, I want to open my own nonprofit to do this sort of social enterprise experience, or I want to start my own business to do X, Y, and Z. But the thing that people get stuck on is, 
I want to do instead of I am doing. What are the actionable steps that we're doing? My job is to come in and to help you do that. My goal is to come in and help you achieve your dream and take you from I want to, to I am now walking in that dream. So there's that. And then the other side of it is the educational consulting where we really particularly strictly work in the DEI realm. Uh, So being able to provide that educational consulting, that professional development for companies, organizations, school districts, et cetera, to say, hey, we want to create more equitable spaces. We know that whether we're talking about gender, um, sexual orientation, class, socioeconomic status, so many other pieces of us that make us so different, how do we create that culminating experience where we're providing opportunities for everyone to come together and strategically plan for new initiatives to make everybody feel included? Uh, We want to figure out why we're having this large turnover rate in our organizations. Sometimes it's because our policies and practices don't exemplify who we are and what we want to show people. Uh, Maybe we're thinking about our clientele and maybe our clientele isn't happy with us because we had a faux pas. We've seen many companies and organizations go through that where they're like, hmm, we said something or did something that probably wasn't the most inclusive. Well, let's figure out not only how do we double back, because we don't want to double back. We want to acknowledge our mistake. We want to apologize for our mistake, but then also be able to figure out what policy revisions need to come in place for our business to be much more inclusive and expansive. And then how do we then create justice for that too, right? If we said something, let's say, you know, I don't want to call out any other businesses or companies, but let's say if we did something very harmful to Black people, right? We said something that was probably not the most culturally appropriate or sensitive. So we want to acknowledge the mistake. We want to apologize for this mistake. But then we also want to say, hey, because of that, we've done some training. We've learned what what we've done wrong. How do we execute this better? And then we also want to be able to provide a scholarship for Black people because we recognize that this is an area of justice that needs to happen. It starts with creating a diverse culture right? Uh, Culture where you have employees that represent the different backgrounds, right? Do you find that a lot of companies are actually open to receiving this type of training that your company can provide? Yes, um, actually more now than ever. I think that what we're seeing nationally has really sparked a conversation, whether it's for the trend or whether it's for, hey, I'm actually genuinely interested. There is an interest. I think that people are starting to wake, they're starting to wake up and recognize that this is an area in which we need to begin having a much more expansive conversation. We need to be thinking about not only race, but we need to be thinking about many other social identities and how people can show up at work. Uh, We also are having conversations about, hey, what are our leave policies look like for certain people and for certain things? Um, So I think it's a, a really larger conversation that we're having now, and I'm seeing much more Uh, interest in it in my clients. And then they're also challenging themselves in their own mindset and what framework that they're creating for their companies. So how long have you been at this? Uh, Really great question. Uh, So I've been at this in an informal sense for probably the last five or six years. 
um, kind of getting out of getting out of undergrad, I, I recognized that there was a need for this work. So I started doing that, but in a more formal sense for probably the last year. And really in a more formal, formal sense, uh, literally the beginning of this month. And as I talk about Black History Month, which you know, this month I said, you know, we need to talk about Black Heritage Month. I said, I need to actually go out and actually need to promote this thing. You know, when you have friends and when you're working in the field, people say, hey, Jason, can you come in and do this thing for me? I'm like, hey, I got you. Or, hey, can you help me get my business started? Great, I got you. Um, but when it says, you know, hey, we need, a, we need a space, you know? And as I talk about people serving as their own impediments to their dreams, I said, you know what? I need to go ahead and not only launch my business, but share this with the world. So that's kind of what we've been uh getting at for the last couple of uh, weeks here. It's, and this is an appropriate time because we're always reminded of that focus in, in, during February in, in particular. But I, I like the point that you mentioned about how race is just a small part of it when you look at the whole concept of diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because you have different, whether it's um, sexual orientation, like you mentioned, or um, your life situation, Right. You know, um, are we creating as many opportunities as we can from people that represent all facets of either our culture or our workplace? Right. So um, I I think that's 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 a great product that you can bring to the table. And I, I, I hope companies take you up on that offering. Right. So they're not limited to having to deal with what the PR department has to dig you out of <laughs> if you have take a more proactive approach and and just say look why don't we just create a cool culturally diverse workplace where you know employees feel comfortable employees want to come because of the culture and they see the impact that we're providing in the community and i think if you're if you're looking at that bottom line as a business you're you're reaching out to organizations like yours to say hey look you know, we may think we have it or we don't know where we are. We need an assessment. You know, you know, maybe you can provide that that survey and, and, and share those results and things like that. I think the the timing is so right for you right now with with what you're doing. And, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm really, loving it. Yeah, you really hit it on the head when you're talking about the C-suite uh, individuals. So you're looking at your CFOs, your CEOs, your COs, like all of those people who are your senior level administrators in these businesses. People don't recognize that they're concerned with the bottom line. That's great. The diversity, equity, and inclusion is a huge component of the bottom line and figuring out how that's effective. You take a huge business like Amazon, for instance. Amazon, they're making tons and tons of money. But if they're not thinking about what does that look like, what does diversity, equity, and inclusion look like for the personnel that help support this company and and help it flourish in its revenue streams, that money, those sources of income could dramatically change in just an hour, in just a day, if they're not constantly thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, how they're showing up, how they're representing themselves in their company, how they're treating their employees, how all of these things are interconnected with each other, because one thing can go awry and can dramatically affect your bottom line. So because of that, it could also create catastrophic situations and outcomes So you want to make sure that that is always a conversation that's interwoven into that experience. Something else that you mentioned is about taking that proactive approach. You have to, because diversity, equity, and inclusion is done on the front end. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a cleanup. If you do it on the back end, you're hiring these outside cleanup organizations and companies to come and fix the situation, which you would not, you would have less 
or not anything to fix if you did it on the front end and you actually did it well. Diversity, equity, inclusion is about justice. Justice doesn't happen on the front end. That doesn't happen well, right? Because you're just making a, making a means for something. But if you do it on the front end, then you don't have to worry about all of the cleanup business on the back end. I love it, man. I think the future is so bright for you. And, and I'm so happy to see, like I said, your generation doing the work, recognizing the need and, and just tackling everything head on. So uh, hats off to you for that. What, what's next for you? <sighs> what's next? That's a great question. Um, so as a justice oriented individual, man, I'm about coalition building. I'm about how do we get our people together? And when I say our people, that term is very expansive to me. That means people who are interested in doing the work. Um, so like I said, the whole thing about Phi Beta Sigma was because I saw there was a community of action-oriented individuals, people who were boots on the ground, who were about justice, who were about social activism. And I think that this social activism comes about in every sector, in every field, and figuring out how we can continue to formulate a network of individuals who are about advancing justice for all things and being able to come together to support each other as entrepreneurs, as educators, as health professionals, as PR individuals, people who are, in, who are involved in the media industry, all of these people together to figure out how can we advance forward and be able to move justice. That's what I'm about. So I think that that is what's next for me. I'm also about figuring out how we can create equitable solutions for all people. So that's through education, that's in our health sector, that's in media, entertainment, all across the spectrum of our fields and industries, and making sure that people are getting the jobs that they deserve. People are getting paid what they deserve to be paid. People are getting the experiences that they need to get experienced in all of that and being able to cultivate a next generation of leaders that will be able to take the mantle forward. I love it, man. I think you're going to find success. You've got the personality, you've got the insight, you've got the perspective and you have the drive. Um, don't give that up, man. Keep doing what you're doing. If um, people wanted to f learn more about what your brand offers, where would they go? Yeah, they can definitely visit me at my website, jasoneldouglas.com. So that's Jason with a Y. Um, they can check me out on social media. I'm everywhere. Uh, so that's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. I'm there. All the handles are the same. That's J-A-Y-S-O-N-E-L-D-O-U-G-L-A-S. Um, and feel free to pop in my inbox or DM me, shoot me a message and say, hey, I got a question about this or, hey, can we set up a consultation or, hey, I want to chat with you about this or pick your brain about that. I'm always open for that. I love those opportunities where we can have conversations again to be able to create more equitable solutions. So whether it is, hey, want to ask you a question or, hey, I want to start my own business. What do I need to do to get started? I'm working with an organization that could really use you to talk about, you know, how do we increase diversity, equity, and inclusion in our space? I'm all for it. So let me know. You can also catch Jason out at the D9 Business Dot com, the D9 Business Directory. Um, and we're glad you uh, recently became a member. And, and I'll just put this out there for folks who may not be business owners, but may be employees at businesses that would be receptive to having this training provided. I'm sure there are virtual options, right? It's because it's the pandemic after all. Absolutely. It might be something that some of your employers out there can take advantage of from a proactive perspective. So think about it. This is definitely something new. You know, we hear about it. It's usually one department, but it's great to bring in 
and professionals that uh, specialize in this area of expertise that could help move us even further along in 2021. So Jason Douglas, Jason Douglas Consulting, thank you so much, man, for your time. Uh, We wish you you the best of success in the future, man. Yes, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, I certainly learned a lot. And one other thing I forgot to mention that we have in common, I too was a number five. So, Oh, uh, very good. <laughs> hey, man, you have a good one, man. Good luck to you and, and your business. And I hope we can get other companies open and receptive to um, receiving the offerings that your company has. So from Greekly Speaking, I'm Eric Tucker. This is Jason Douglas. Take care.